0: Welcome back to Season 2 of the St. Coleman's Podcast. I'm your host, Ben O'Neill, and before we even get started, I want to give a huge shout-out to our predecessors from last year's show. Seamus, Quentin, and all the other guys who helped make a great show and left huge shoes to fill. Thanks for passing the baton. We won't let you down. Season 2 starts off with a bang with a controversial guest, an army ranger who's also a best-selling author, but probably most famous for his bad language and grueling regime, an Ortiz ultimate hell week mr ray goggins well first off really thanks so much for being the first guest of season two for the saint colin's podcast i know myself and all the others here are big fans of the show and if you could just tell a little bit about your story and like i know you joined the army in the 1990s and the special forces in 1999 i just want to know were you always wanting to join the special forces or what was the inspiration to originally join
1: the army as well yeah okay so sorry what's your name uh, ben, Ben O'Neill. Ben, hi Ben. Uh, so look, yeah, uh, obviously I was, um, for the military, uh, I was always, something I always wanted to do since I was very young. Um, my family were in the military, but even despite that fact, it wasn't always spoken about at home. I wasn't yeah. brought up to the barracks and uh, thrown under the boot of a car, dumped at the gate. <laughs> uh, my my father had retired, so he used to t- tell me stories about the army. But I suppose why, why I wanted to do it is because he was always so calm. And so I relaxed, and nothing was ever a problem for him. He never lost his temper. He was always always had an answer. And I said, "Okay, that this this must be something good." So that's kind of what endeared me to it. Um, the special forces side of it. So uh, as you you probably know, I spent nine years in the barracks in Cork and Collins Barracks. Yeah. Fantastic. Actually, used to pass through from I all the time going to Kilworth, and uh, I have family out in Ballyhooley still. So that's that's where my family, my father's from originally. So that that isn't too far from you boys. Um. But the special force thing kind of came into play. I remember the first time I saw guys in the Ranger Wing. I was in the barracks from the Corun. You know, at the time, they had all the fancy gear, and some guys had long hair and beards, and all these different weapons and different. I was going, "Holy Jesus, who are these fellows?" They were like, you know, rock stars or something. I I think I wrote in the book, but I, I said, "Okay, so," I kind of was thinking about that then, and look, like any job. It, And if you want to keep going forward, you've got to try and be the best you can be. And I was pretty comfortable in the infantry in Cork, which is a brilliant experience. Very professional, great guys. But I just wanted a little bit more. So I decided, yeah, look, okay, I'm going to try get into Special Forces. So that's kind of where that came from. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries, Ben. All right, Ray, i got a question for you. Um, So what are the benefits of joining Defence Forces for someone that just got out of school? What are the benefits? Okay, brilliant. Great question. Sorry, what's your name? Um, Alex. Right, Alex. Great question. Okay, uh, look, I'm not. It's not a recruiting drive here, but for me, uh, I, I spent my adult life mainly in the army. So from the age of 18 to mid 40s, whatever. And um, for a young person joining, it's brilliant if you have a sense of adventure, spirit, and you wanted to go different places, learn new things. It's an ideal um, situation to go into. So you can join the army directly as a recruit, you know, and and just serve in the ranks like I did. Um, you can join as a cadet and become an officer, which is a great experience in management. Or you can go what's called the apprentice route. You know, you can learn various trades or technical abilities. Um, but for me personally, I would recommend anyone to join the Army. It's a different career now. For me, when I joined, you joined for a whole career, like for all your life. But nowadays, guys kind of do maybe five years, 10 years. So I would I would recommend it for somebody to learn a lot about themselves about life, about travel, about teamwork, about, you know, loads of stuff. Like, so I, I think anybody, any guy or girl joining the Army, Navy, or the Air Corps is, um, it, it's it's not a bad idea at all. So there's a lot to it. Like, yeah, there's just a, so, like, it's not just a, like I was just in one branch of the Army in special ops, like, which is different. Like, that's probably more high speed, but there's so many other things you can do, you know, like, you know, you can be a musician in the Army, you can be, like a dental nurse, you can be a medic, you can be like a fireman, there's so many other jobs within the military that you can do, you know, it's a huge um, option for people, you know, you can, like there's scientific parts of it, there's technical parts of it, radio operators, naval stuff, it's it's, it's so broad, like, and you get to travel all over the world, which is, how bad? Yeah, it, it sounds nice. yeah.
0: Hi Ray, Halloween uh, has been a huge success on RT, and looks very intense, i relieved
1: relieved when filming ends or do you miss it um yeah sorry what's your name jack okay, jack okay uh am i relieved when film ends i'm usually relieved when we don't kill anybody that's probably the first <laughs> kind of relief um because we probably come close to it um a, a part of me is a little bit relieved and if if we get to the end of it but a part of me is kind of going like you know a little bit sad i guess that we're we're done with that phase of it because it's obviously look i still enjoy doing it Um. And the show is, is, is unusual for me because don't forget like, you know, I had run these in special forces for real where nobody sees it. It's not filmed. There's no photographs and it runs for a lot longer than what you're seeing. It runs for like 11 months Um, and it's, it's a lot of work, but um, it's very rewarding when you get someone, you know, who puts in everything and manages to pass it. It's also a reward, rewarding for the instructor to see that happen. You know, even though like we're we're shaking the tree and we're making things very hard for them, you know. Yeah. So the short answer is, yeah, I, I am relieved, but also a little bit sad when we finish filming. All right, thank you. Um, hello.
0: I'm um, Luke.
1: Um, congratulations again on how uh, we. But I think what a lot of people would love to know is uh, what a lot of people love to know about all reality TV shows is, um, how much of it is real, like, and how much of it is like not so. Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you. Like, um, For us, when I was asked to do this first, I said no. Uh, I didn't want to be involved in it because I didn't want to be on TV. And like, here I am on TV all the time and a book. So that didn't work out too well for me. Um, With the reality thing, it's a good question. I don't watch reality TV. I don't really like it. Um, I don't watch any other shows. This show is 100% real. So we have a training program that we make out It's like with the production team and the DS staff, the instructors. So we decide what's going on when it's happening. So we work off that program. The camera teams are brilliant because they have to keep up with us. If they miss a shot, that's it. There's no repeat. There's no cut. There's no, okay, lads, we didn't get that right. Can we just do that again? That doesn't happen. So it's, it's as real as it can be without us actually running a real course. So it's the next best thing. So there's no, acting there's no script there's a training program that we follow we have events we have things that we plan and prepare that's it like we would in the military it's the exact same format we'd use in the military on a daily basis
0: just a little of that question now uh i know uh, the actual training course runs for 11 months but how does it differentiate like between the show and the actual training course
1: okay really good question yeah um so Obviously enough, look, the failure rate on the real course is pretty high. It's like probably 10% will pass. Um, So obviously the real course, which runs for 11 months, if you run it at that intensity for 11 months, nobody's going to pass because everyone's just going to get injured. So the first phase of it is like six, four weeks, kind of what you're seeing on TV. Then it goes into like a mountain phase where guys are just constantly navigating on their own day and night, for like six weeks every day, just keep going, navigating that. That's hard in your head. And then you go into a when you're left to what's left of that, you start teaching them how to be special forces operators. You start teaching them about, you know, tactics, about you know, small unit tactics, ambushes, blah, 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 all that technical stuff, all the stuff you see on um the video games, you know, Delta Force, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, like jungle training, blah, blah, blah. Then you go into the next phase then is all the anti-terrorist and hostage stuff. Like you see like like SWAT team and all the black gear, because that's very intense. And the, the kind of learning curve and that is incredibly steep. So that's the last last part of training. So by the time the guy finishes and gets what's called badged, gets a green beret. It's 11 months in and like he's done a lot at that stage. So you're probably looking at like, you know, the last one they just finished there recently, two months ago, I think there was like 80 something started. I think 6 of them finished it. So it's you need to be pretty focused and 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 self-disciplined. But what we try to do it's a bit of a challenge for us then to try and equate that and bring it onto the television show because you know the biggest kind of factor we have on the Ranger Wing is why do you guys go to the Ranger Wing? Because they want to be in special forces. Like it's the entry training to get in. Once they're in then the world opens up, you know, they go into like, you know, all this like um, maritime counterterrorism and all these things you see on the TV, all the fancy stuff, but you got to do all the hard stuff first to get to that. Like for civilians, then and people on the show, what's their carrot to do it? So that's kind of we have to figure out, you know. So but luckily, people buy into it; they want to have that kind of um, they want to be associated with that kind of training, and it's good for them, you know. So that's an
0: experience,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like so, it's great. It's great for us.
0: Uh, as you said uh, your father was in the military how would you feel if your children were to follow in the tradition of joining the army
1: yeah I'd be I, I guess I'd be happy enough because my view is like if they chose that path for them great like I, I don't constantly bang on about it um, to them but uh, if they wanted to do that either my daughter or my son I'd be happy for them I'd support them and if they didn't if they didn't want to go and be like sell 99s I'd be happy with that too whatever they're happy like you, you find your own kind of vain and you do your own thing. Yeah, so that's all I'd be. I'd be happy if... They, either way. Either way. All right, my name is Riley. Who is the best contestant you've had so far on Hell Week? Okay, there's been so many. Um We don't know. Like, that's a very, very difficult question because everybody brings a lot to the show. Um Some people bring positive stuff. Being there, some people bring positive stuff when you get rid of them. <laughs> so, uh yeah, it's... I suppose... Can I answer that question? I probably can't answer that question. There's no one individual where I'd go, yeah, they were above everybody else. I, I will say this, though, with uh, if you remember Porik O'Hora, who plays football for Mayo, he was on Series 2, and his, like, you know, ability to be honest and straight and give everything he has was, like, you know, would probably definitely stand out. Like, I'm not saying he's the best person, but um, that would be a reason why he might fit into that category and like there's other guys as well. If you remember Grace O'Rourke, if you've seen series one, you know, she finished out the whole thing, like and her, her mindset and her mental strength was phenomenal. So like, yeah, they're probably the two who would go into that bracket. If I was putting someone in that bracket. Speaking of uh, contestants, how do you know how far to push the contestants physically and mentally? How, f- how do you know how far? Okay. Um, that's a really good question. So obviously enough we have a certain amount of kind of leeway with them so like strangely enough um your own personal empathy has a huge part of this that you can relate to how somebody is either coping or feeling uh, during the the show or on selection in general so it gives you that ability then to see what's happening for them and you can make something by a percent or two either harder or easier depending on what you're doing um also as well we're very kind of rigid about tests when you have like a timed test you know and they have to do a certain thing and it's very black and white that's the way it is if, if they're if they if they fail by a second they fail they're out so that that's kind of we're ruthless with some things but other things like you know like giving someone push-ups for an hour you know you can change the exercise to something else you know what i mean you don't have to keep them doing it for the whole hour so you, you kind of learn that from experience as well seeing them i guess so Um, hey Ray, my name is Shay,
0: which do you think is like more important, um, mindset or the physicality,
1: um, for the, in how week? Yeah, great question. Um, hands down mindset, like mindset is the most important thing, no matter what you do. Um, if you, if you're not good on the inside and you're not driving yourself mentally, nothing else works. So I'll give you a simple kind of quote that I use. If you have the right mindset, no matter what you're doing, um, You know, you'll succeed. If you have the wrong mindset, nothing will help you. Like, you know, if you have the wrong mindset, you won't make anything. Nothing will work for you ever. You have to focus. You have to have the right mindset. So a good question. Mindset all the time. 100%.
0: 100%. Where did the um, mountain walking challenge take place? Obviously, it'd probably be a um, pretty
1: nice experience. Yeah, so the the recent one. Oh, yeah. um, In West Cork, uh, down near Beira, so we it was just beyond uh, glengarath in a small place called adrigal so right on the bear away is where we did it so it's, yeah it was a good like um, one of one of the guys there actually ob he's another man, the other ds so he knew the route so and as well just so you know we test all those routes with the same kit the students are carrying the weeks before the show so we test it make sure it works like so all like we don't just throw them into something Yeah, do that We we've actually done all the tests beforehand we make sure that it works and we're all old boys so if we can do it they can do it <laughs> <laughs> it
0: probably be probably um, pretty nice if you didn't have to carry around
1: either you, you know what if you were just carrying like a couple of sandwiches and a flask of coffee <laughs> it's a lovely walk yeah so it's a great part of the world like and it was great to film the show in Cork this time because um has a lot to offer like and look being a former diver and in, in, in combat diver any, anything in the sea for me is good you know so I'm happy to throw them boys in the water all day, spread. <laughs> all right, Ray, you're, you're a recruit here again. Um, <laughs> the show is like, you know, the show is quite emotional and intense, um, but because of that, do you notice the cameras during uh, the show or do you just don't notice them at all? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And y- y- the answer is you don't. Um, Like, obviously we're aware as a TV show, but again, as I said at the start, we go into our persona of being that DS, being that guy who's testing these people. And that's why we give them a number, because you take away their persona. And even the students, like I know some of the celebrities in the current show, the professionals, whatever you want to call them, they said the same thing. They noticed the cameras for the first, like, five minutes. But when you get some bald guy in black shouting in your face and dogs and all these other things, you forget about the camera very quickly very very quickly they didn't even notice in the end that's understandable yeah mm-hmm. yeah they don't No. after 10 minutes nobody uh, remembers the cameras now what i need to know is what what exactly goes through your head when a contestant feels like they're on the verge of giving up like would you encourage them to keep going or it, it depends that's also a very good question so it comes back to that empathy piece i talked about so like i i know from dealing with guys previously like you know if a guy has or a girl has worked really hard and you know they've they've shown you that they've given their all at different times you can give them a bit more leeway at something where you might give them you know a tiny little bit of a, a push or a little nugget to keep them going and um, for other people you know if they haven't kind of given that effort you won't so i'd always be an advocate of like again as i said at the start you're hoping people pass it but you can't pass it for them so it's a fine line you have to dance because like in, in the real special forces, if you, you know, pass a guy or we used to call it like you're giving a guy a T-shirt to get into the unit. And if he's in a team then and he lets the team down because of something, you know, that you let go in training, then you're, you're you're out of the gang in a heartbeat, you know. So you have to be, you have to be careful. Like, so any guy you pass, you end up being in a team with him or some of your friends are in a team with him. So it's, 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 it's a rootless business. It is like, and as much as you might like someone or there could be a great person. You know, it's not for everybody, unfortunately. Yeah. Would you ever feel biased towards any players at all? Bias. Um, do I ever feel biased? Um, you, you notice things. You notice individual acts out of people. Um, I'm probably biased against people if they're like what we call a mayfainer. If they just look after themselves, if they don't help others. I'm, I'm definitely biased against that. So someone who, do, like, they're the kind of things we look for in in people's you know in their core that like they're team players they work hard they're honest they're they're the three most important things all the other stuff you can build so if someone isn't honest it's what we call a red line instant like you get rid of them because they're, they're bluffing or they're not truthful uh, if somebody is a feiner and is only thinking about themselves same thing so but uh the beauty of giving these guys a number like and when you take their personality away that's all you see as well then is that number. And you don't, as soon, if they make a mistake over something, you punish them over the mistake, and then you move on, you know? So do they, like, you don't keep going back to it. So it kind of has a, kind of goes both ways, you know, it's a double-edged sword. So does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Well, all right. Congratulations on your new book, Ranger 22. You You've had such an exhilarating career between dealing with car bombs in Afghanistan and missions in Lebanon. Did you find it hard to adjust to normal life and school runs, et cetera, when you came home in between the tours?
1: Yeah, like that's a good question, too. Yeah, I I did, I'm sure, because, you know, I mentioned this in a talk there recently about resilience. People think about resilience being, you know, being able to be, to cope and persevere in very hardcore situations like Afghanistan, you mentioned, and all these places, which I was able to do, right? But there's another type of resilience involved then with coming home. And slotting back into your family for a month at a time, in four times a year. So, like, I, I was explaining to someone, that sometimes I was more nervous on the flight back to Dublin than I was on the flight into Kabul going to work because I knew my mindset for work. It's very straightforward. All you have to worry about is yourself. Don't have to worry about like bringing my daughter to dancing. Don't have to worry about paying this, doing that. All I have to worry about is not getting killed and getting other people not to get killed. It might sound very strange makes life very simple. Yeah, I get
0: you. Ray, you're a pretty scary man yourself. So what was the scariest moment in your own life and how did you
1: overcome it? Um, Scariest moment. Wow. Okay. Um, Would you believe, right? Um, I'm not a big fan of parachuting, which sounds mad from a guy who spent 20 odd years in Special Forces and the parachute a lot, much more than I wanted to. So for me, every time I parachuted, I was actually scared. So I had to go through my coping mechanisms and my coping routines to deal with it. And like, you know, then that's upgraded to jumping at night, jumping with kit, jumping into the sea, all these other things. Like once I'm out of the plane, I'm fine. It's the getting into the plane, flying in the plane and coming up to the jump. Once I get into the jump, then I'm fine. So like that's probably the most scared I've been in over a long time because it happened all the time. I never got used to it. I just dealt with it, you know. Um, I suppose to answer your question then, being like mortal fear, I don't think I've ever had a situation. No, I, there was loads of situations where I could have been killed, I guess. I never really worry about it at the time. Like, you, you don't. You just deal with it. Move on, you know, so. Thank you.
0: Uh, in season one of the podcast, uh, we asked guests what their song was that got them through the pandemic or through any hard days.
1: Do you have one? Yeah, I have a song. Um, if you read my book, um, I talk about, it's called the Yomp song in the military. So if you're trudging over mountains like those people on the show with um, all that kid on, and like it's really tough and all the voice in your head are saying, quick, quit, what are you doing? So m- my song was by a band called Madness. All you boys are probably too young for madness. But it was a song called Our House that Madness had in the 1980s. That was my song. Um so it plays in my head. If I'm doing anything where I want to block something out, that's my go at the song. Okay, thank you. Now, we to finish off this absolutely amazing interview, um, I'd love to ask you, was your school life um, good, as good as ours? And would you have any advice for teens? or Yeah, was my school advice as good as, or my school as good as yours? Um, I'm sure it was in a different way. I think probably you guys have more pressures now than I had like, I, I did my leave in 1988, so I was only 16 when I did it. I was quite young. Um, I went to the North Mon um, in, in, in town in Cork. Um, I suppose the advice I'd give you about school and about all that part of life and, you know, the transition of teenager into adult and so on and so forth, like the, the thing about it is to kind of be kind to yourself is what I'd say to you, is the first thing I'd say. Um, like, we all we all make mistakes. Things go absolutely wrong all the time. And like, I know from my career, like Special Forces isn't about being perfect at doing something. Special Forces is about when things go absolutely pear-shaped, you can keep going and keep going and keep going. So in hindsight now, if someone had told me this when I was in school, is like, do your best and don't be afraid to make a mistake. If you get something wrong, just put your hand up and say, yeah, that went wrong. But this is what I've learned. I'm going to do this now instead. That's kind of what I'd say to you, I guess, for advice.
0: Thanks again, Ray, for being the first guest of Season 2. What an interesting man and life he's lived. He really gave us an insight of what a military life like his is really about. As always, if you want to stay up to date, follow our socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify at St. Coleman Podcast. Stay safe, and thanks for listening.
1: Mother his best
0: Mother's time, she needs a rest to- playing up downstairs Sister's saying in her sleep oh. Brother's got to date to keep he hang around Our house In the middle of our street Our house In the middle of our Our house It has a crowd There's always something happening And it's usually quite loud Our mum, she's so house-proud Nothing ever slows her down and a mess is not allowed.